Good afternoon and welcome to SJ at Noon, another weekly edition of your SJHL Talk. Rory McGoran joined with the man that would walk 5,000 miles. Jamie Nugabauer, the Nugs, will be joined. A great show today with former two-time SJHL Goaltender of the Year, Justin Close, having an incredible run with the University of Minnesota right now as he got the reins and a whirlwind journey that we're going to talk about with Justin Close. A great sponsor in Sask Energy will be joining us to do a live raffle of their natural gas barbecue, pardon me, later in the show. And then me and Jamie, because a lot of players don't get talked about throughout the league picked our underrated player on each of the 12 SJHL teams. We'll do that later in the show as well. Jamie, how was the trip? You were on a northern swing, and my God, the Hounds got mm -hmm. their job done. Three and three. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm uh, very tired, I'll be honest. <laughs> but I've been tired for a long time with my two kids. It was a lot of fun, and it wasn't also a situation, Rory, where the Hounds were just hanging on for dear life. They played three very solid hockey games, too. We'll get into that, but uh, you know, on and off the ice, it was a blast. Absolutely. I, I also hear that you're not a great bus sleeper. No. Which is, terrible. you know, that could be a segment for a show. We just sure. bring in people and find out how they adjust to life on the bus. That, or, or we could just you know, go around. Apparently, you don't yeah. adjust very well. Oh, no. I probably had like half an hour on the seven hour bus trip, probably <laughs> total. So I'm trying to like hold my eyes open with those like little pincer things. Uh, I don't want to demonstrate for the poor people at home. Of course, we want to give a shout out to uh, a new SJHL sponsor, uh, Apparel Company, Aggressive by Nature, Mind Over Matter, the shirt that I'm wearing today. Soon on the SJHL website, all their clothing will be available. Not quite yet, but keep in tune with SJ at noon, and we'll tell you when uh, you can. Can purchase is amazing apparel wear and a new great sponsor with the SJHL. Let's get started with your Sask Lotteries recap and we're going to work down the playoff line here because we have teams now that have clinched all the way to seventh place. The only team, Nugsy, although in my opinion, uh -huh. I think it's done. Yeah. I think the Hounds have eight locked up, although there's no X beside their name. It is getting close, but let's start from the top, and there's a little bit of segments happening. Right now, you're going to have Estevan against Notre Dame. If the playoffs were to start today, the Broncos second place against seventh place, Yorkton. Of course, a lot of changes could happen as we got about five games or less remaining for the majority of the teams. Battleford's North Stars and LaRange and Flint Flon against Melford. If the playoffs were today, Nugsy, which one of those are you circling if, of course, your duties with the Hounds aren't happening that yeah. day that you would tune into Hockey TV or the radio broadcast to listen or watch? I mean, all of them, uh, <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. There's a cop-out cop answer for you. You know what? Like The Flint Flon Bombers are a much better hockey team than they've played lately. They've lost five of of six they're trying to stay healthy mike reagan has been pleading and begging with the gods of karma whatever it is to try to get his team to to be healthy and be whole and constituted over the course of the year but they're finding ways to lose hockey games right now the melford mustangs were finding ways to lose games now they've they're finding ways they're to win, ways to win. Yeah. so those are just two extremely streaky teams so in terms of a series where you just have no idea what is going to happen that uh, that Flynn Flon Melfort series, I think, is the is the number one unpredictable one for me. Yeah, and and it just changed after the weekend because yeah. before it was Flynn Flon Larange, yeah. which I mean, good luck getting out of that series. You no. know, perfectly healthy. That right. a northern rival. They've played ten times throughout the regular season. If that ends up being, you would need uh, Flintflon to sweep back past Battlefords. They're now evened up with the game in hands, and Battlefords has the edge after their uh, win over Melville on Sunday. But at the top of the schedule right now, Estevan and Humboldt, mm -hmm. uh, two points separate for the first place in the SJHL, and both teams did their job on the weekend, picking up wins. The Humboldt Broncos seven-one over the Battlefords North Stars, and the Estevan Bruins doing their job as well do you think that it's possible with the three remaining games for each team that the broncos can get a pass on the estevan bruins if it's tied right now the bruins have one advantage on the row which is the first deciding factor if it's a tie is regulation and overtime wins and then of course it goes to head to head and then it's the goal differential is the third and final one but estevan's got the lead on the row yeah. is it estevan's league right now to win with their three remaining games i mean yeah, you know, anything can happen. Sure. It's junior hockey, right? So three games, absolutely. And, you know, obviously. They, I will remind, they, they, they play Melville, they play Notre Dame, yeah. and they play Weyburn. Nothing against those three teams, nope. but Estevan has not lost to Melville, and Estevan has not lost to Weyburn. Yeah. They have lost to Notre Dame, which is the one sandwiched in between. 
Yeah, and it was a it was a weird walkie and wild one that yes. they lost it under. Yeah. But the but again, it, I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody's gone and faced Humboldt and thought this is a great matchup for us either. So it's you know it, it's it'll be very interesting to see. Obviously, the SMM Bruins have the pole position already yep. because they have two more points. <laughs> That's the only thing, <laughs> in my opinion. And you know, one banana peel slip up, and we actually saw. You know, we've seen the Melville Millionaires, who I know are probably just so sick and tired of playing the Van Bruins, mm-hmm. but they gave the Bruins a trouble, didn't they, recently? Like, if if I will say, if the humble Broncos win out, they have Kindersley, Notre Dame, Kindersley. Yeah. If they win out and Estevan loses one of those games, Humboldt is first because Rowe would then be tied well, and go. head-to-head series, Humboldt is 3-1 and one over their four-game series. So, so if, if there's one game lost for the Estevan Bruins and the Broncos can sweep out, it's their league title, or not league title, but yeah. regular season league title, we'll call it, uh, at the end of the year. And then you're looking at possibly a Humboldt Broncos and Notre Dame series. They've played 10 times throughout Ugh. the season. Well, nine, one yet to come. Yeah, it's and it's crazy. Quick Notre Dame point. If the Hounds didn't have to play Humboldt 10 times, <laughs> then the Hounds this year are 1-8 and eight against Humboldt. The Hounds would, I think, be 7-8 games above 500 sure. and probably yeah. in the 5-6 yeah. conversation. <laughs> it's because the Broncos and the Hounds are sort of natural rivals. Anyways, you got to play who you who's on against you in the standings. There's no excuses. That's the bottom line. But the point about the point is, Rory, that that I, I know I, I'm afraid of right now if I'm an Estevan Bruins fan is just, you know, and as much as Jason Tatarnik is a great sport, get, get sending it, you know, we're in lots of chats, and he's a very honest guy with yeah, everybody. The, uh, Scott Barney has to just feel super great about his goaltending, as he has all year. One one questionable maybe appearance by either Beloas or Herdlicka. And, it seems and, to be and the next it's, man. And it's... And it's it could be Humboldt number one. It really could either go really go other way. Uh, yeah, and I mean you mentioned the Broncos goaltender. We got to get right into that before we move yeah. down into the next tier. Race Ramsey with his thirty ninth win yeah. of the season on Saturday against the Battlefords North Stars has now tied the all time record. For wins in a single season set by Pat Mazzoli, a former Humboldt Broncos goaltender, in 1989-90 for, for the all-time record. And this was set when the SJHL was playing a 68-game season. Yeah. He's doing it in 58. A record that, in my opinion, I don't think will ever be touched again if it stays in a 58-game season. 39, and on Wednesday, he's going to go for 40 and break the record. Well, I mean, I, I've been in the uh, hockey broadcasting writing business for you know, 15, 16 years now. And I don't think I've ever covered a team that's won 40 games. So just for a guy to win it by himself. Yeah. So it it is, it is baffling. And you talk about um, a guy who's played that much. You wonder ever, will his body ever break down? Will his mind ever break down? But in February, here's a stat for you, Rory. Race Ramsey has given up more than one goal only twice in the whole month of February. Once was uh, once was against Notre Dame on the on the fifteenth, and Notre Dame tried to come back there. So there was a bit of a maybe garbage time situation from a Humboldt perspective, and the Hounds almost rallied and whatever. But um, you know, obviously he's got an incredible decor out of him, Race Ramsey. But big time kudos just to stay focused and stay healthy. And uh, man, just an incredible incredible season, and one that I agree with you. It's a record that it's hard to think and hard to see. It's broken. hard to see will be broken. Yeah. And you mentioned in February what he is doing, and at the tail end of the regular season, after already playing fifty games, yeah, uh, it's absolutely incredible. His goals against average started in February around, I believe, two twenty one. It's now down at two oh four. Man, yeah, and you know, again, big part of that stat, the, this goals against average stat, is the decor you have in front. Great of Great defensive core in Humboldt, hundred um, percent. But uh, again, whew, the, just the kudos and the the save percentage is just absolutely crazy. And obviously, you know the the way that Scott Barney coaches, the way that the Broncos play, they're also not impervious to odd man rushes. They're not impervious to counterattacking opportunities mm-hmm. because Barney wants the Broncos to play extremely hard, extremely aggressive, extremely north. Get like everything is going fast and forward and when you know that breaks down sometimes guys are not in position that's where you need race ramsey they're not trying to win games 2-1 the broncos they're trying to be entertaining and also they are and they win a lot obviously you know better than me so you know it, it, it all that to say race ramsey unbelievable season very very privileged to uh, to be around watching him yeah and, and i mean 
let's go back to the Estevan Bruins once. We got a lot of time left in our Sask Lotteries recap. Uh, before we move on to that next little tier, Battle for Flynn Fun Melford. But we talked about it last show. Yeah. The goaltending situation in Estevan. Yeah. Then you had your game of the month, the uh, Sastel game of the month between Estevan and the Battlefords. Ended up being a great game. Incredible. Uh, back, uh, not back and forth. It was low scoring, but I mean, hard fought, yeah. tough to create chances. And the Battlefords North Stars pulled it out with a shutout victory for Michael Harash. But I mean, you mentioned Jason Tatarnik. You talked to him, and he's like, I watched the show, and there is no discussion. It's Boston below us as net. Well, the Estevan Bruins play this weekend against the Melville millionaires it's one nothing Estevan then Melville ties it up heading into the third period and there's a goaltending change after the second period below us out of the net Herjlicka into the net to start the third after allowing one goal just one goal mm-hmm. on eight shots Melville didn't have a lot of opportunities but yeah. I mean I don't know I haven't talked to Jason yet I don't know if there's an uh, an, was an injury or something Boston's like yeah you know what I I don't know if I'm going to be ready to go for the third mm-hmm. which is you know fair fair game but if there wasn't I mean are you telling me there's not a goaltending debate yeah. that the leash is at least short between Cam Herjlicka and Boston Belowis? Yeah, the, the, I think I think you're, you, it's definitely possible that you're right, that there's a, a sort of a short leash and all that. It's also Jason Tatarnik has been in this situation before with coasting the Centennial Cup. He's done it twice, in fact. So he knows that there's a bit of a long game here, too, with Estevan. And if there is an injury situation with Belowis, where maybe he's playing but he's not 100%, then maybe, you know, if you're Estevan, you think, you know, boy, we got a lot of talent. You know, obviously, Jason Tarnock's a very competitive guy. He wants to win. Um, but, again, maybe there's an element of playing the long game here with Boston Belowis and his confidence and his health and having him ready for game one of the playoffs. And, and, and you know, if, if they, you know, obviously they want to win first overall, but maybe, you know, Tarnock is like his first overall in the regular season, absolutely the most important thing in the universe. I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that question, but I think there are multiple ways of looking at it is my point. Sure. Yeah. I don't know how how much rest one period's getting in the middle of a game that you're tied 1-1. Yeah. That doesn't more, make any more, sense more to about, me, but more I mean, about, whatever. Yeah. More about confidence than rest. If if he thought they needed a team needed a wake-up call and a goaltending yeah. change could do it, I get it. Well, I get it. Notre Dame and Estevan, he changes goalie four <laughs> times, Rory. So clearly he does like to use that. Not like yeah. to. He doesn't, nobody's doesn't want to All right, to let's move it, on but. to the next group. It's the Battlefords North Stars, the Flint Flon Bombers, <laughs> and the Melford Mustangs. Right now, there's one point separating all three teams. Yep. 68 points for the North Stars. They've played one less game. Same with the Flint Flon Bombers. Melford Mustangs have played one more at 53, but Flint Flon and Melford are tied. It's anyone, anyone's guess where these three teams are slotting, but there's one huge thing on the line. One of these teams is not getting home ice advantage yeah. in the first round. Yeah, and you know, obviously between those three, you think of the home ice advantage that Flynn Flon has with it's teams huge. traveling out there. Obviously, it is far from Because you look at that yeah. matchup, sorry for cutting you off. I mean, you think any 4-5 yeah. is, is a high probability of going 7. Yeah. Right? So home ice advantage is, is absolutely yeah imperative for a lot of these clubs. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also very, very hard to predict because there's some serious, serious injury problems with all three of those teams right now. Uh, the team that maybe had their injury problems and is starting to get a little healthier is Melfort. And the, uh, the understanding is that the likes of Hayden Tuba and Kevin Minock and maybe Joel Favreau will be back and ready for the playoffs. Those are the, you know, the critical guys, especially on the blue line for Melfort, whose blue, who the blue line has been real decimated. But you know, look at you look at the Flynn Flon Bombers. You know, Cole Vardy has been hurt. That's a big loss. No Cal Shell. He yeah. was backing up. You know, King Corey King left early against Notre Dame. He's a big loss. We haven't seen Jeremy Trombley in a long time. Rory Flynn Flon's dealing with big injuries, and then you know, Battlefords again. They they're starting. They're pretty healthy overall. But Michael Harash left the game not too long ago, and he hasn't been back. It's yeah. been Austin Schwab and Lowen Kenyon. Yeah. So. There's so many question marks. It's so hard to predict between those three right now. I, I mean, I think the biggest one, I mean, Michael Harash, still a, a huge loss for the Battle for North Stars, but they do have three. I mean, Lowen Kenyon, he can't take away what he's done, no. right? They acquired Austin Schaub late in, uh, before the deadline there and a capable goaltender as well. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Harash, you would think, would have the net when they head into the playoffs. It's a lot tighter of a window. But Cal Shell is the biggest loss of right now yeah. if he's not healthy. He's last played on February 19th. Yeah. That's when he exited the game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking close. We're closing on two weeks now. 
And I mean, I, if, if he's not in the net for the Flin Flon Bombers, it's a, it's a huge loss. And I think the biggest one around the league. Yeah, you know, he, he did back up Montgomery this yes, weekend. Yes, so, did, yeah. uh, so again, we'll, we don't know. We'll see, uh, we'll see what the Mike Reagan's plans are for that. But, you know, there's no doubt about it. And, again, I mean no disrespect at all to Ben Montgomery, but there's just no doubt well, about it. Well, there's just then no goaltending controversy when, you, when Shell's, yeah. Shell's there. He's the starter. Yeah, there's no and, controversy. That's and when it. a team believes in their goalie 150% as well as much as the Bombers should and do believe in Shell Shell, not saying they don't believe in Montgomery, I'm just saying they – clearly believe big time in shell it makes such a huge difference for the mentality the posture of a team yes when you have that type of number one behind you versus somebody else and we had him on so, the show recently yeah. as well and talked about how much fun he's having knowing it's his net right yeah. back when it was him and jake delorme uh it was kind of back and forth they, they had each played games in the playoff series mm-hmm. in 2020 21 is that when that was 1920 yeah no 1920, 1920, 2021 was to- totally yeah, catching. Yeah, 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 yeah. The years are blending together. Yeah, it's a, time is just blending together. <laughs> but now it's his net, and he was so yeah. he was it, it, the, to hear the excitement from his voice when we interviewed him was just it was great to see. So I do hope he is the starter when yeah. the playoff comes. I hope he's healthy for that reason because the Bombers need him. He's a difference maker. The Bombers haven't been the same really yeah. since that Battleford yeah. series. Yeah. And I got to tend a shout out to our buddy, friend of the show, Austin Cardell, who's in the chat room. Wheels coming in hot from Flan Vegas. I <laughs> uh, think I got to change the rubbers, he says, on his wheels, I guess. But uh, he was, uh, I think he was gold judging there in Flin Flon oh. at the Whitney Forum. And so he was he was saying, hey, man, uh, back and forth. Good to see him. Great guy. So cool uh, to have you in the chat, uh, Austin. And everybody commented. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Comment along with what your favorite playoff series is. Uh, you know, we're going to do awards next week on the yeah. show. Your MVP, if you already have some opinions on who should take home your defenseman of the year, your goalie of the year, comment along and we'll keep that in mind as we uh, do our prep for next week's show. Let's move along now to the next little group, the LaRange Ice Wolves and the Yorkton Terriers. They're right now kind of in a twosome for 6th and 7th. They're tied, 59 points. LaRange has the edge by a good discrepancy in row. About 5, I think, mm-hmm. is, the, is the spread there. So if it yeah. ends up tied, LaRange, I think, is safe in that regard. But my question is, are the Notre Dame Hounds in that mix have they separated themselves from kindersley and are in the conversation for not the last place trying to creep up into seventh yeah i mean uh, the this three game swing for notre dame obviously was extremely big but huge but you know until the ink is dry you you can't count out a team that has a goalie like matt pizzenti uh kindersley can steal a game Anytime, this is a young Notre Dame team that still has to play Estevan and Humboldt. So obviously, there's an optimism and confidence down in Wilcox right now. But let's, you know, we got they got to keep their feet on the ground because the Kindersley Clippers have shown Rory, and they showed it. Matt Pizzenti with the Humboldt Broncos in town and Kindersley uh, a couple weekends ago, or last weekend, I guess it was. Uh, how good he can be, and uh, Scott Barney rested guys, put in Dyke, but the Broncos. Play, you know, pelted Pazenti with chances and shots, and that's what Matt Pazenti can do. He's playing in his sure. last junior season. Doesn't want to go down without a fight, and he won't. And you know that Matt Ken Plaquen will play. Ken will play Pazenti every play second. Every the he's, rest. Well, of the he's going to play every game. So you know, yes, Notre Dame has a game and hound on Kindersley. And they five have got points. Five it's, points. It's, the 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 Vegas Malaysian whatever SJHL betting odds are are probably good on Notre Dame right now. But Vegas Malaysian? Well, Vegas or and or Malaysian SJHL betting odds they probably are a real thing. Uh, I don't really know, but uh, you know it, it looks okay for Notre Dame, but. Man, the, it's junior hockey, Rory. Yeah. Anything can happen. So I and nobody affiliated with Notre Dame should feel any level of comfort. No, no level of comfort. But I, it's it's more close to insurmountable than I think a lot mm-hmm. of people would, would look at it. Five points, don't have a game in hand. Notre Dame does, in fact, mm-hmm. and only five games remaining. You can only get ten points in the five games, right? So Notre Dame has six games remaining. They only got to win half of them. They yeah. just got to win three, and they're in. That's it. It's never that easy, Rory. I know. It's getting close, though. <laughs> never uh, that easy. And as for the LaRange Ice Wolves and Yorkton Terriers, this yeah. is going right down to the wire. And there, there, there's big things on, on the line. It's either, you know, you're pretty much playing either Humboldt or Estevan, or you're getting Battleford's Flynn, Flon, Melford. I mean, we really don't yeah. know who's going to finish in third. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is that 
gap there. Humble yeah. just beat Battleford seven to one, right? I mean, there is a little bit of a gap between two and three. Yeah. So, and and that's what you're going into. If you fall to seventh, you're playing the top gap. If you get into six, you're playing that that middle spread as well. Yeah. Pick what, your poison. What, it, it's still a tough series, but there is a little bit of a gap. Let, let let's be honest. And what I said to that last bit was that there are question marks with all three of those sort yes. of middle gap teams. Yeah. And the, maybe the one team that doesn't have that many question marks right now is the Yorkton Terriers because they're as healthy There's, as anybody. And just. Doing their job. Yeah, they're Just doing their constantly. job. They're getting the big wins. <laughs> and I have, I like, so LaRange, man, that team under Kevin Kaminsky plays so hard. They play their heart out. They play with so much passion. Uh, and, and I have nothing but love and respect for the LaRange Isles and their organization. But they have some crippling injuries right now. Yeah. Holden Knights is out for a while. Aaron Gray Eyes sounds like he's out for a while. McKillen Couture. Looks like he's out for a while. Yeah. Xavier Cannon does not look like himself. Like those, if if you take any team in the league and you take a, the guys that are that important to their teams as those guys I just said are to the Laurent Ice Wolves, then anybody's gonna have trouble. So big time kudos to like a guy like Ty Evans for jumping right in, Liam yeah. McKinnis for mean, jumping right in. And we're right doing in, our but, underrated underrated yeah. player segment later in the show, and it's yeah. a team full of them now because of injury yeah. problems. Yeah, I mean, Gavin Maddie and Della Polera have had great years. Gavin Maddie leads but, the team in points, and he could be the under, most underrated player on and the he, team. And he could be like, he could be really in the conversation for defensive player of the year, too. I mean, he's so for, good, he's he's so so, good he's all so around. Good. But so the, 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 those those are big injury issues for LaRange right there. So, again, you, have, you go up there, you have to go into that barn and the way that they play, and, you know, obviously... They, uh, they, you know, they need to not take penalties because their penalty kill has never been figured out this year. But they're never out of a game. They play with so much zip, so much passion, and you know, nobody's want to still want to go in there. It doesn't matter who's in or out of the lineup. They find a way to be tough. Yeah. How how was the game in Larange to wrap up the Notre yeah. Dame Hound spread? To me, I mean, Larange press box sometimes we are we're both uh, broadcasting it yeah. sometimes gets some slack i i, I have so it. much fun in larange yeah. it is right in the action oh. if you, you if you're on the power play it feels like you're a six man on the power play yeah. i love their press box yeah oh it's fantastic I, I i'm with you i love it i feel like you're right in there and you can hear everything you can see everything yes. i feel like when i feel like the refs can hear me <laughs> something about, i know the players can that. I, the broncos have scored a goal and i've called yeah. it and then i had the player that scored look up at me and boy, Abs- like, i know the players can hear yeah, you yeah that, that <laughs> happened to me uh, yesterday too and you know what again i think it's a thing too you know will dawson i'll talk about him in a bit but uh you know a hat trick for him great guy from the beginning and you know we'll talk about him in, in maybe in the next segment but um you know overall the notre dame hounds this year, a lot of people say you're looking at this team Oh, now Dawson with it gets around Smith. Well, yeah, they, and he scores. He puts it up and over. What a move to get around. He scored the hat trick three different ways. Where he tipped the first one, yeah. nice little deflection in front. Right. Second one was a snipe, and then the third one was that dangle you just saw. So. Uh, so they get through three for four against Larange, but there were no power plays at all against Flynn Fawn, and they <laughs> still found really a way. Three different ways. What? I thought you were going to go tip, with the a Mario. snipe and a dangle. Well, it, I, I thought you were going to go like more Mario Lemieux, like the power play goal, shorthanded goal. I mean, penalty like, I shot. Mean the, like it's the actual goals. plays right, themselves right, were three right. different You're going plays. Too far with that one. No, I'm not. Right. But the, bro- the the hounds were very impressive. <laughs> three different ways. They were impressive, <laughs> and they did it with no power plays against Flynn and they did it with a couple power plays against Larange. But uh, yeah, it was an impressive performance. Riley Osland was was sensational. The hounds goalies overall were sensational. They gave up only eight goals on 127 shots over the weekend. That's a 9.37 save percentage. Can't ask for much more. Yeah, I think they're the team of the week right yeah. now if we recap because that northern swing is it's, mm-hmm. it's insanely hard going yeah. into those buildings to win, let alone three games in three days with an early Sunday one to wrap it up. Uh, yeah, they're the team of the week. They won all three, and mm-hmm. they needed to because if they had trouble on that swing, now you're looking at the Clippers, and, and they're still in eighth place. Well, it's still it's still up in the air. I, I, Matt Pazenti is a weapon. He's a weapon. He's a weapon. All right, that was your Sask Lottery's recap as uh, the playoffs are coming into form, but still not solid. And we'll be joined by Sask Energy to give away a barbecue next on SJ Noon. Five minutes. 
Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Rory McGoran with you and very happy to welcome in Alex Schweitzer of Sask Energy and Tammy Hoffert of Kidsport because it's time to give away the natural gas barbecue sponsored by the Sask Energy Network. But first, let's first let's recap a bit because we're gone through the season. Everyone's home goals are getting donated thanks to the players and thanks to Sask Energy as well. But let's recap for the people that maybe missed a couple of the shows earlier about what Kidsport really is. And uh, let's go from there. Yeah, so Goals for Kids Board is a partnership between Sask Energy, the SJHL, and Kids Board, where $20 per home goal is donated to help kids right in the communities where there's SJHL teams. So, um, and of course, every home goal gets $20 donated to Kids Sport. Uh, you know, the team's doing an amazing job supporting that as well, the SJHL. And at the end of it, you give away the Kids Sport Cup. What is that? That's right. At the end of the season, we give out the Kids Sport Cup to the team who scores the most goals over the season. And right now, uh, who's in the lead? Uh, currently, the Humboldt Broncos are, are in the they? lead. Yeah, going to be and a tight race. I do, think. We, do we know how close kind of the race is right now? I is think there's a few teams at the top, yeah. so we're excited to see what happens as we get close to that end of the season and hit the playoffs. So, we, so. with about less than five games remaining, it might take to the last game to yep. determine usually who's taking does. home the Kids Sport Cup. Absolutely. So it makes a lot of fun, and we have an actual trophy, and we'll get out there to do a nice presentation. It'll be really exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I know it's time, so thanks to numerous donations that came in from the public and SJHL fans sask yes. energy and the sask energy network uh are happy to give away a natural gas barbecue now and i think is it time to yeah to find out who's taking that home absolutely so yeah over the past four months we've been selling tickets so again thanks to everybody who made their donation uh, all the funds are going to stay right here in saskatchewan to make sure all kids can play so yeah we're going to get rory me okay to do all the right. draw so i don't know if you want to give it a big spin well, we're gonna, we're gonna a twenty five hundred dollar voucher yeah. For an Ashcraft barbecue, for it just has to be purchased through a Sask Energy Network member. Well, thanks to all the amazing people that helped out and <laughs> donated, and one of them is going to be lucky here. Here right, we go. Here. Okay, it's, this is very official. This is it. Yep, this, this is, is the it. one. This is it. Sure this is the certificate that they're going to get. That one. That's one. Right, here is we go. One? Here we go. Drum roll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I believe it's. Is it Norris? Me. <laughs> so yes. we do have their contact information yep. we will yes. get a hold of them um apparently their name is last name is norris, norris. Okay. so we will get a hold of them and congratulations yeah, you won perfect. a natural awesome. barbecue congratulations awesome. thank okay. you for your yeah. support and of course uh i mean the amazing partnerships the sjhl sask energy kids sport it's been going on for years numerous amounts of money raised for kids sport uh yeah. i i'm sure you guys are happy as well with the uh with the amount of, that the teams put in, that the league puts in, Sask Energy as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you to everyone who donated yeah. to Kidsport, and thank you to the Sask Energy Network members for you the bet. donation of the barbecue. And congratulations And again. Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Norris, yes. you're going home with a, a natural gas barbecue, and we'll be right back. It's Justin Close, former two-time SJHL goaltender of the year, coming up next on SJ Noon. Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Rory McGoran virtually welcoming in two-time SJHL goaltender of the year and now the starting goaltender for the University of Minnesota and what a season he's having. It's Kindersley's own Justin Close. Justin, thanks so much for doing this. How are things going over there in Minnesota? It's going good. Got a nice beautiful day outside today, so uh, shaping up to be, uh, to be good. So thanks for having me on. No, I really appreciate your time. Uh, what an incredible season you're having and now your third year with Minnesota. Let's kind of start with recency and then work our way back through this journey all the way back to the Kindersley Clippers. Second consecutive shutout for yourself uh, over Wisconsin last night. Big 10 Conference Championship in a huge win in front of 10,000 fans. What's, what's been the key to that success and how exciting was it to play in that game in front of that crowd uh it's your net now rolling forward and two back-to-back -back shutouts to pick up the championship what does that mean to you and what was it like yeah it was a fun weekend for sure um we knew there was a regular season championship on the line going in we didn't know exactly how it would shape out but we knew we needed to sweep if we wanted to give ourselves a good chance and um we're just playing really good team hockey right now i mean 
up and down the lineup. We've had guys chipping in. Uh, everybody's been chipping in on whatever yeah. weekend, and we had guys go to the Olympics. And so we've we've done it by committee, and and I think we're gonna have to do it by committee going forward. But no, oh, it was a fun weekend for sure. And man, it's been kind of a whirlwind, you know, fast um, thrust up into where you are right now. Back on January 9th, of course, uh, the starting goaltender, Jack LaFontaine, announced he's going pro. You get thrust right into the spotlight and you've taken the reins, uh, you know, in, in incredible job. Basically, all the notoriety and all the attention has come since January 9th. How have you kind of been able to handle that and also? lead it to the success that you've had so far with Minnesota? Uh, I mean, I don't really, I don't really focus on things like that too much. Sure. Um, just kind of, kind of try and keep to myself as much as I can. And as far as success goes, I think, I think it's just, like I said, we've been playing so well as a team lately. We've really come together since uh, the Christmas break. And, um, you know, I don't think we're, entirely thrilled with how our first half went of the season and I think we all came in with a mindset of um just wanting to string some wins together going forward and we've been able to do that so what do you do just on a day-to-day -day basis you know I mean the coaching staff obviously has great support in you your teammates have great support in you uh you know your first two years throughout with the University of Minnesota um you know a lot of watching going on I'm sure soaking it in but when it's finally your opportunity just how do you relish it in and then perform the way you're doing? I'll just take it day by day. I mean, not too much has changed for me. Uh, you know, whether, I, whether I've been the third goalie, the second goalie, the starter, I guess I'm maybe a little bit busier on Friday and Saturday nights. But <laughs> other than that, not too much has, has changed in my day-to-day -day, day -day life or my approach to, approach to the game. It's just want to work hard and be a good teammate. And I know you and Jack were pretty were pretty close when he announced that he was going pro and then the net was going to be yours. What did you what did you have talks with him and what were you kind of able to learn from him throughout your you know prior two years with the University of Minnesota? No, I was definitely uh, definitely very happy for him, very excited for him. He was a, a fantastic teammate to have for the two two and a half years that we were together. And um, no, I was definitely able to learn a lot from him. He was a very hardworking guy and. Uh, I think, um, you know, when you have guys like that in your team, it motivates other people and including myself to show up to the rink and give that same effort and um, try to improve and get better every day. And I think it lifts the team that way. And for people that, uh, you know, are just kind of following your story, you joined the University of Minnesota two years ago after a bunch of successful years with the Kindersley Clippers in the SJHL. Looking back to those years, your rookie season and then your next year at the University of Minnesota, um, what were you able to garner in sort of perspective? Because you didn't play much, but obviously you kept your patience, you kept your focus and the goal alive to what now you're performing on the ice this year. So looking back, what, what do you think uh, was some of the success and what were you able to garner in perspective on those two years when, you know, you were the backup or the third string on some nights? Yeah, it was definitely a little bit different. I mean, when you go, especially when you play a junior schedule where there's 50 some games in a year and you're probably playing 40 of them um college schedule there's only 30 you would be lucky to get into the 40s so um and it was definitely a little bit different to not to not have uh that same amount of ice time but like i said there's always learning to do and there's um you know you're, you're part of something that's bigger than yourself and i think when you have that perspective and um you know you put the team first and you show up and you work every day you just let things fall where they will Absolutely. And now looking back on that time, you know, how much gratitude do you have about the patience and about the work that you put in throughout the time where you weren't the starting netminder? And I mean, I just, I, I can't imagine how much fun you're having right now throughout this season with the Minnesota team and uh, the success that you are having. But looking back, just, you know, when you reflect on it, just how much gratitude does it bring you knowing that, hey, I was, I did the right things to get to where I am today. Yeah, well, you definitely, you know, you appreciate it when you're back in, when you're back in the net for sure. Um, you know, there was, uh, like I said, yeah, it was a long, a long couple of years in that sense, but I mean, just, we're still having so much fun. You're still a part of a team and you're still being a part of a team is the best thing in the world. And yes. so whether you're playing or whether you're not playing, um, working hard and, and having fun, you know, 
it, it ain't that difficult but i'd be lying if i said i had more fun than i'm having now this is having a blast so it's been good yeah i don't doubt it and of course going back now to your time with the kindersley clippers down memory lane two-time sjhl goalie of the year what do you f- reflect most about that time spent in the sjhl that that helped you get to where you are today obviously you were a workhorse goaltender for your hometown team must have been great playing for your hometown team as well but when you look back at that time what do you remember most uh i yeah playing a lot of games i think was was the biggest thing for me getting that experience and uh i was lucky enough to have the opportunity to do that in my hometown where you got your family and your friends there every night and you know you can't be that home cooking either so yes. yeah no, i had i had a lot of fun playing in kindersley and i look back on it fondly a lot do you feel that it was your sort of workload and you know the 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 you, the coaches gave you every ability to play every night. Do you think that was kind of the constant key towards keep building your game and then securing that commitment with the University of Minnesota? I think so, yeah. I think um, for sure it's important to play a lot of games from both of those perspectives um, to get recruited and also just to improve in, in, uh, in your own game. You know, uh, I guess there's things you can do in practice, obviously, uh, to improve as well but there's nothing like uh nothing like playing a lot of games so that helped a lot what do you what what's a message that you would have for some of the younger goaltenders in the SJHL? i'm not sure if you if you keep tabs on some of the goaltending standings and what's going on now that you're spending time uh, in ncaa division one but i mean you got the likes of kale de pape and james van and the list goes on of of young goaltenders in the league that you know are trying to follow the footsteps and guys like yourself so when you were going through that journey, what are some of the messages that you would have for them? I just say work hard and make most of the opportunity and, and enjoy it because uh, junior hockey, you're going to have a lot of fun and the years go by quick. So enjoy it and just work hard and see where it takes you. Justin, I appreciate you joining us, of course. I mean, you're having an absolutely incredible season with the University of Minnesota. Us across the SJHL wish you nothing but success moving forward. What's next for kind of yourself? Of course, you're coming off a huge weekend, back-to-back shutouts. Uh, I think it was the first time it happened against that team in, I don't know, 90 years or something crazy I read. But uh, what's next for, for yourself, for the University of Minnesota moving forward? You got that Big Ten Conference Championship. I know you want more banners hanging at the end of the year. Yeah, no, we're looking forward to getting into the playoffs here. Uh, with our win on the, with our wins on the weekend, we got the bye coming up. We got an off weekend, but uh, that's going to go by quick too. So we're looking forward and we're eager to get to the playoffs and get to the tournament and, and see if we can make some noise there. We're excited. Justin, thanks so much, man. Um, I, like I said, back at the league, we're all incredibly proud and uh, just excited to see the success that you're getting this year. Now also onto the list of the Mike Richter Award for the goaltender of the year. So congratu- congratulations on that. But yeah, we just wish there's nothing but more success down the road and congrats for what you've already accomplished this year. Thank you very much, Rory. Thanks for having me on. There was Justin Close, former Kinder- Kindersley Clipper and two-time SJHL Goaltender of the Year, now having an incredible season. And we'll talk about Goaltender of the Year, possibly, and more championship banners with him with the University of Minnesota. And we'll be right back on SJ at Noon. Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Rory McGoran alongside the Nudes. Big thanks to Alex and Tammy there giving away a barbecue and the natural gas barbecue, pardon me. And congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Norris who are going home with it. Thank you so much for your donation. And uh, your home goals scored by all the SJHL clubs are going towards kids sport, a great cause and a great partnership with the SJHL. Speaking of partnerships, it's the SJHL and the MJHL in the SJHL-MJHL showcase. Unfortunately, we don't get the pleasure of having it live this year, but that didn't stop the coaches from around the SJHL putting the spotlight on the players that deserve to be on those teams. We made our teams... Of course, we had a little bit different parameters mm-hmm. than uh, than the SJHL did when they selected theirs, but let's get started off because we'll show the rosters that were selected. Congratulations to all the players, starting with Team Schwartz. Tanner there, if you want to open up that one, and I believe the graphics in the article but uh, Team Schwartz comprised of the Young Guns 2003 or younger. Uh, there is a couple of omissions because they they thought that a few of the uh, Young Guns deserved to be put up onto the two older uh, squads. But right now you're led by Tylen Hill, Big Kindersley Clippers, Ethan Zilke, who actually, I mean, it might have been our biggest omission 
on our team, yeah. Schwartz, because okay. he's starting on the top line with Estevan's Keegan Little. What about this team jumps out to you, Nugsy? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I talk all year about how impressive, the, especially the 2003 birth year class is, but also 2004. I mean, uh, you know, one guy that doesn't get enough love in this world, I think, is Keegan Little. He's such a Swiss Army knife. What a player he is for the Estevan Bruins, too. Uncommitted still. I'm sure he'll get committed soon. Uh, but what a player. And kudos to Jason Tatarnik for giving him lots of opportunity to this year. Um, yeah, so you know, he's the name that kind of jumps out. But, you know, obviously the skill... Holden Dole could have been, again, one of those guys that could have easily fit onto a veterans team. He's that good, that complete in the middle there for the Battleford's North Stars. Uh, talent everywhere. And, and you know, Jared Sitch, the University, uh, Mercyhurst University commit for Notre Dame, plays, you know, as big minutes as anybody in the SJHL and does it very, very well. So, you know, it, I knew that any kind of young guns team that they put together, Rory, would be a good one. And Tanner, I can see your whole dashboard right now, just to let you know. so you know what stands out rory is it's an awesome team (laughs) (laughs) it's an awesome team i think what's (laughs) what stands out for me is the goaltending it's kale de pape and james van 2003 2004 and both of them are in the conversation right now for uh you know i mean if you were building a team those are the ones you start with yeah right like uh and also i think they're in the top conversation for goaltender of the year like they both have incredible seasons yeah and you know Ven wasn't even expecting to be that no, neither was the, the pape I, yeah. remember jacob herman was the starter for yorkton yes. the start of the year and uh, you know obviously the pape has a very solid decor in front of him and parker jasper man like <laughs> at d1 schools listen just just commit to this kid he is a gonna be he's a Excellent player in our league right now. He's going to be a star in this league next year, a superstar. Parker Jasper, folks, what a talent. And as we move through through the teams and head into our unsung heroes, a couple of those players are are on my unsung heroes list throughout the SJHL, so we'll keep that in store. But look at the decor, Sitch and Barlogi. You're talking about Noah Barlogi, uh, 2003, three-year veteran. Yeah. The SJHL, he can you know play five years in the SJHL. Parker Jasper, Louis Frederick the Bears. Th- this decor matches up with mm-hmm. you know the veterans. They, yeah. they're right there. Yeah, and uh, you know again and talk, again we talk about the 03 birth year class, 04 too. You know Matt Perkins and McGrath and Anderson and Dutil. Like the years that those guys have all had are these are all O threes and O fours. Scoring in their O three O four. Yeah, so you throw that on this team too, and that's what we did. We kind of put the, kept the age restrictions as they were. Yes. But even with that, you know, this is such a solid group. Put this group up against the Manitobans of the same age. I definitely would. You know, I know. Uh, I know. Um, uh, in Battleford's, Braden Klamosko is huge on Jordan Grill as well. So, yeah, Vaughn uh, Trombley from yeah. Flint. Noah Wills is on your third line. Yeah. Be, that, it's that insane. Yeah. Sleva, Sleva is so dangerous. Like, it's such a good line. It's yeah. a good team. Yeah. All right. Let's move along now to Team Mitchell. Let's go with that one. It's one of the two veteran teams that were assembled in the SJHL showcase. As Tanner gets that one rolling, Team Mitchell and Team Kunitz are the two veteran ones. And I, I had trouble picking the veteran teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harder than the rookie teams, I thought, just because of, you know, you had more openings, but mm-hmm. I, I felt like I left so many people off of it. And one in particular was uh, Tynan Ewart. I left off my team by mistake, I should mind you. Yeah. But he definitely made it on one of these two teams. It's not, oh, it is this one right there along a the line with Hayden Tuba. But uh, you got consistency right through the lineup. You got the Flint Flon Bombers line, Notre Dame Hounds line, LeBron Jaisbo's line. And the Melford Mustangs line. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. I like a lot, a lot of familiarity. I know, uh, you know, early in the year that Anderson, Dutil, Nolan line was together. Dutil and Nolan have been together a lot this year, especially too. Anderson's moved around a bit. But um, obviously the chemistry there is is spectacular. Um, you know, then Dole, Hammond, and Tkachuk. You got every type of every type of weapon you want. I think mix. again, it's just an incredible group, and it's I a think great mix. and 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 I've been saying it all year. The best defenseman in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League is Xavier Lapointe. In no ifs, ands, or buts, he is the best. And uh, you know, we put him on a team. He could play big minutes, do it all for you. And again, great goaltending veterans there. Cannon, Shell. We've talked about how important they are to their club teams. Is this, uh, they're critical. Is this, the, so. is this the best goaltending duo among the three teams? Would you take Cannon Shell over to Pape Fan? Yes. Yes. Definitely. Oh, yes. Go. I would absolutely. Um, I'm trying to remember what the other uh, veteran. Uh, I believe it's Harash. Right? Yeah. And we'll find out in a second. 
Well, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll look at it. Pacenti. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. tough. Harsha Pacenti oh. makes an argument. That's tough. Yeah. I think. I think if it's right this very second, yeah. I'm taking the goaltending that has Matt Pacenti. Okay. Personally, really? I think as an individual, he's been the best goalie in the league in the second half. Um, tough, wow. tough, tough. That uh, for him, that Kindersley's on the outside looking in at this moment. But I think uh, in, by himself, he's been spectacular. But there you go. You know, this this team again has everything. It can kill penalties too. It can play gritty. You know, it'll play a fast pace. Um, and I think uh, you know the Manitobans. Rory would have a real problem with this team. All right, let's go to the final one, Team Kunitz, and uh, features a lot of humble Broncos. It features Matt Pacenti, who you would take if you were picking a goaltender for your SJHL team right now. Uh, and, and yes, Tanner, we got Team Kunitz coming up. Oh, I think that was Kunitz, wasn't it? Oh, was that Kunitz? Team Mitchell then? Me, Team Mitchell, yeah. Team Mitchell is the final one. Uh, and again, congratulations to all these teams. There you have it. Dylan Esau, Jake Southgate. Esau had a natural hat trick in the game against the Melville Millionaires following eight points in four games last week. Uh, he's been on an absolute tear yeah. for the Battlefords North Stars. You got the Battlefords line, then you got a little bit of Humboldt Estevan mix, more Humboldt uh, on the third line, and then Melville coming up with Estevan as well on the fourth, Samson yeah. Kane and Fitzpatrick. Yeah, we should mention at this point, too, that um, they did not include uh, WHL experience. I guess they, they made an exception for Pacenti. For exception, yeah, for Pacenti, because again, he's been, he's been I don't think there was that so many games good. in the WHL as well. Two, yeah. Two he played games, two so as yeah, a rookie call-up for the Pats Let years in. ago. Let him in. It's, yeah, Let him it's in. all good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of familiarity again. You got, you know, Ceccarelli and Karan and Soretsky and Perkins and McGrath and uh, Huff and, and Is Eric. this the best Lots decor? Of combos. No, I take again. I take the one with that has Xavier LePoint on it because really? he and Vardy could play all night for you. Yeah, true. Too. And they got Snar, but I, you know, certainly, certainly very steady. I mean, I think this decor is much more steady, Eddie, and the other one is a little bit more explosive offensively. Uh, maybe the exception is the is the the pure talent there of Dayton Deeks, who you know again you could put him on an underrated, underappreciated kind of list, but he's been in a dynamite electric defenseman in this league for years. Uh, there down in Estevan, and you know you never have to take Tyson Jansen off the ice. You know if you're Matt Hare, yeah, just throw Tyson Jansen out there. <laughs> He'll play sixty minutes for you and make no mistakes. I I still don't know if I've seen Tyson Jansen make a mistake in the SJHL already. I'm obviously exaggerating, but uh, he's been so yeah, so steady. Fantastic. And and Sam Croon having a great year. I see him all the time, but he's having an incredible year, and he's been incredible the last five six games. He's. Uh, He's very, very calm on the puck, makes a lot of good decisions, makes a simple play that often turns into a goal. But what, what more do you want? So, you know, that's a, that's a great decor, too. They, they're both great SJ teams, and we aren't. they didn't even include all the WHL talent this league has to. That's, just, that, that's absolutely right. I mean, congratulations to all these players. And unfortunately, we can't have the event this year. It'll be back next yeah. year, of course, and uh, we'll be looking forward to covering it and looking forward to yeah. seeing who's announced on those rosters. Tanner, we're going to go a little bit late today. Sorry about that, but it's time for your underrated players of the league. We prompted it earlier in the show, so we don't, you know, we don't not follow through. Yeah. And these players deserve as much shout-out as the teams on the SJHL Showcase rosters. It is time for your underrated players. We each picked one player and one thought on why we thought that they were not getting enough credit for the work that they do on the team. We'll start with you, and we'll go alphabetical. Battleford's North Stars, what do you got? Oh, Battleford. I went by the standings, but okay. I guess we should have talked about that. <laughs> we probably should have. Uh, my, my guy for Not Battleford's is Zane Florence. 14 goals, 28 points. Plays in all situations. He's a little bit of a brick. Local boy, physical. He'll drop the gloves, too. Just a tank, north-south. Perfect. Exactly what Braden Klamoska wants in a player. I go with St. Florence. And I'm, I'm picking Tynan Ewart because <laughs> I left him off my showcase sure. roster. So that means he's unsung, apparently. I did it by mistake. I forgot about him. Uh, but Sam Witt and Riley Little are the only two veterans on the blue line. Yeah. And Ewart is the star. Yeah. And he, that decor, we were talking about it on you know, our first shows of the year. We're not sure what they're going to do defensively. They're usually so sound. Yeah. They have come... Along the, the farthest development of a defensive group yep. of any team in the SJHL from start until now has been the Battle for North Stars, and Tynan Ewart has been at the forefront of it. So yeah. I think he deserves a little more credit. Seventh in the league in D-man scoring, and he doesn't get it what he deserves. Yeah, no, no question. Can't disagree with anything you just said. The Estevan Bruins, who do you got? 
Uh, I got Alex Von Sprecken, big, strong D, can play big minutes. I think if there was a SJHL strongest man competition, he'd be he'd near be the top. Yeah. Uh, local boy, again, too. Love those local boys to Estevan there. And Jason Tatarnik giving him ice, giving him opportunity, and he's really rewarded him. He's got some points lately, too. He's never going to be a big points guy, but uh, he's so steady and strong and big fan. And he'll, you know, guys probably don't want to fight him because he is so strong. Tarts is going to love mine. Okay. Tarts is going to love my player. All right. It's Cam Herzlicka. Okay, here we go. (laughs) I think there's more into the goaltending story, and I can't wait to see how it unfolds. We will, of course, find out. Yes, the Van Bruins, first place in the SJHL, but uh, they go back and forth a lot between those goaltenders, and I want to see more of it. Boston below us will get the net. We know that. We've been told that. But for how long? (laughs) Because Cameron Zlicka is 17-1-0-1, a 9.33 save percentage, and we're talking like he's the yeah. bona fide backup. There's, th- uh. there's not, you know, that leash is short. That leash is short, and he's the unsung hero yeah. because I don't think we're talking mm-hmm. about that goaltending situation. That's bad enough. Well, Jason Tatarnik. He'll correct me probably. I'll get a t- t- you know, he'll he, correct Well, Tatarnik me. is loyal to, to, to his guys. He's loyal to Belos. He's more loyal to winning. I said Belos will get the net. He's he'll more, get the net. My point, Rory, is that he's more loyal to winning. Yeah. Than to anything. Well, exactly. Period. So then doesn't that create the goaltending conversation? Her Jalika has won 17 of 19 games. Well, that's my point. He's okay. more loyal to winning than he is to Boston Belowis. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't debate. Belowis will get the net. It's, yeah. his, it's his net. Yeah. But for how long? All right. That's all I'm saying. All right. Flint Flon Bombers. Uh, I got... The, uh, the 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 little guy himself, Gabe Shipper. Oh, Shipper. Uh, Shipper. Speedster, Shipper. hard on the forecheck. He's plus 16 this year, Rory, yeah, and he's plus minus. He's top three on Flynn Flon. People don't think about him when they think about Flynn Flon. They should. He's got nine first assists, only three secondary assists in terms of his points. Big PK guy. He's five six maybe. It's a deep dive on the prep there. Yeah, I did some prep because I'm a, a big, 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 big Gabe Shipper fan, dive. Rory. I'm a big like Gabe it. Shipper fan. He plays the game the right way really fast. He's fearless. California, but uh, boy, can he fly. Comment yeah. along who you think the underrated yeah. player on each team is, please, throughout the SJHL. My Flint Flon Bomber representative is Jacob Vockler because okay. we talked about the amazing talent of 2003-born players, 2004-born players. Vockler doesn't get mentioned. Fair enough. And I don't know why because should, yeah. I think he's part of the very balanced attack of Flint Flon, so maybe that's why it's just... it's. You can roll any of the lines on the Bombers team, yeah. but the two-way speedy center and 32 points and 40. I, I think he should be talked about when you talk about your 2003 crop because uh, he's got a great career in the SJHL ahead yeah. of him. No doubt about it. Your humble Bronco? Uh, Lucas Ceccarelli. He's, I think I, think I, I, I kind of joke with Barney with Ce- about Ceccarelli that I think he probably leads the league in icings negated just because he's so smart. He's got only one power play goals in his 18, Rory. But four shorthanded goals. He's got four of Leads the six Leads the shorthanded goals. Yeah. yeah, Leads the league. He was the captain in U18 and just been a perfect fit the whole year. So mine is uh, is uh, Ceccarelli. So Austin Cardell says Gabriel Shipper of the Bombers. He uh, he agrees with you. And, I mean, the, the work he does shorthanded as well. Yeah. he's He might be the – we had him on a – did we have him on the fastest player list? Well, We should have. We should have because he might be there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and Brenda in Yorkton there says number 10 for the Terriers. We haven't got there yet, but – We'll see if one of ours matches with it. Tanner Sklarouk. Mm. Sklarouk. Sklarouk. Sklarouk is on fire. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and he's absolutely underrated. When you talk about the decor, yeah. you mentioned Jasper and, and, and Jansen. But yeah. uh, Sklarouk, just a big part of it. My humble Bronco is Ethan Zilke. 32 points in 52 games on the so-called fourth line of the Broncos. But top-level face-off guy, top-level shutdown guy, and 17 points in his last 20 games. So not only does he... Uh, do the Broncos depend on him to go up against top lines a lot and win defensive faceoffs? But he's nearly at a point per game over half of a season. Uh, is it a line that it's a, it's a line that'll get overlooked every time the humble Broncos are are playing an, an opponent because you get the McGrath, Morozov, Koran, the Soretskis, Perkins. But if you overlook Ethan Zilke and his line, well, I mean they're picking up points every game. Yeah, I mean you get you have sixty minutes of uh, ice time to to figure out when when <laughs> again it's pro- same problem with Estevan, same problem with Flynn Flon when they're healthy. Like who do yeah. you who do you match up against? Well, you like it's you such a yeah. battle. Yeah. It's a battle. Uh, your Kindersley Clipper. Uh, my Kindersley Clipper is Josh Morton. Nice, big strong kid. Manages the puck well. Physically sticks up for his teammates. And he doesn't move too badly, and he'd come in and been a huge part in making that Kindersley decor better. So, Josh Morton. Uh, mine's maybe a shocker because I still consider him unsung. It's Matt Pacenti. He's, sure. the, he's the MVP 
and I, the unsung hero. I was arguing about him. I'd take him over. Because without Randall his play, right I don't think they're yeah. in the race. Uh, I think he's been the MVP, especially in 2022 uh, for the Kindersley Clippers. Sure. And he is, they live and die by Matt Pacini's performance right now. Yeah. And, and you know, he, the, Ken Plaquin looked at his decor and said, how can I help Matt Pacini out a little bit? And he brought in Liam yes. Bell, and he brought in Josh, Josh Morton. Morton, and he brought in Cook from uh, Melford, yeah. and done a, they've done a good job in front of Pizzetti. They've yeah. made his life just a touch easier, and kudos, because he's been incredible this year, Pizzetti. Your LaRange Ice Wolf. Uh, again, I don't know how underrated he is, but he should be more rated. We've talked about him a lot. Gavin Maddie, yeah, 26 yeah, goals, yeah. wins every face-off. He's, and he scores 26 goals as a, as a defense-first guy. He doesn't cheat in any area of the game. Not a big guy, plays heavy minutes in a big minutes roll, uh, especially with some of those injuries there in LaRange, so I'm playing going with Gavin Matty. Uh, Jeremy says Cam Herjlicka, but I am biased. Uh, but Jeremy, you can be biased because we're picking one from each team. So sure. Jeremy, you can be as biased as you want. I agree with you. Cam Herjlicka is unsung and sure. maybe Jeremy's on my boat with is there a little debate on the goaltending? Well, well Cam Cam we'll is unbelievable. Cam we'll is unreal. Out. And let me tell you, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you out there, Jason Tatarnik. I've talked to him about Cam Hurdlicka. <laughs> Jason Tatarnik also knows how good Cam Hurdlicka is. I know he does. I yeah. know. Cam Hurdlicka is unreal. I know. Out of edge prep. Uh, my Lawrence Ice Wolves, Dawson Smith. Because we always talk about Xavier Cannon is mm. the key to victory. It's time to talk about Dawson Smith and his resurgence. Yeah. yeah. He's eight oh oh and one as of yesterday. Uh in his last nine starts. He's won eight of the last nine starts. Yep. After starting the season three and nine with two, yeah. uh, two overtime losses as well. So basically three and, three and 11. He's now eight of his last nine. He's got a winning record as a goaltender. And if it's his net, I think there's a little bit more support. I think there's more calmness from the Orange Ice Wolves that Dawson Smith can get the job done. He's been proving it mm -hmm. in, in the last month. Yeah, great story out of the UConn. Canada yeah. Winter Games for the UConn too. So very happy for him. Great goalie. You're yeah. Melford Mustang. Uh, my Melfort Mustang is the veteran Ty Sugar, the mustachioed one. <laughs> he's such Plays. a great buzzy. Yeah, he's got a great buzzy. He's not a big guy, but he fights. He's tough. He's got a lot of chances created. If there was a stat for chances created, then uh, then Sugar, I think, had a lot of great chances. Hasn't been with the Barry as much as he should. And I talked to Ben Tkachuk, the Melfort captain, about this when we were in Melfort, actually, that Sugar seems everywhere all the time for Melfort when he's on the ice. But doesn't get rewarded offensively as much as he should. But uh, he does everything for Melfort, so I'm going with Sugar. Mine's Trenton Curtis, 38 points in 41 games. He's third on the team in points per game. But when you talk about the Melfort Mustangs, all the attention goes to Dole, Hammond, Lopez, to Kachuk, Venn, right? Yeah. The Golden. Where's, where's Curtis? Guy's almost a point per game. He, uh, he doesn't get talked about enough. And I guarantee you this, in the playoffs, this is a guy, you know, you talk about your Martin Jelena, right? Who just takes over a series and mm. scores the big goals. And it's... Trenton Curtis is the guy that wouldn't surprise me if he jumps out of a playoff series and takes it over. Yeah, he wins a lot of faceoffs He's too. So, yeah. If you talk to Matty Barrett, he loves his Tisdale Trojans. Matty Barrett, the Melford broadcaster. Yeah. And Curtis is a Tisdale Trojan. So if you talk to Matty Barrett, you hear his name a lot. Do you? Yes. So he's not unsung for Matthew Barrett. No. Great. But yep. he's not on this show, Noogsy. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> we move on. <laughs> You're Melville Millionaire. Uh, my Melville Millionaire is Brecken Denharto, the guy that they got uh, from in White Court, from White Court, and the AJ for uh, that in Porterfield Jackson Bohan trade back in the trade deadline. But steady, big, strong guy. Love those steady Eddies. They help you win games. Um, and Don Hartog's a kid from Colorado. Uh, really, really nice kid. Got to talk to him when he was doing the camera operating there once for Melville when he was hurt. But uh, really, really steady guy. Doesn't make any mistakes. And physical strong, too, like what Mike Rooney wants to build his decor to be there in Melville. So I'm going with Dan Hartog. Mine's Mike Rooney. <laughs> it's the go. coach because <laughs> if they would have made the playoffs, he's got a huge argument for coach of the year. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit, but he's given the Mills fan base something to look forward to mm. uh, next year. It, it, you know, it takes guts to get rid of, when you're still in the mix, to get rid of a, a Jackson Bohan, a Zach McIntyre, you know, all the veterans you traded the way to trust your Noah Wills, to trust your Charles Thomas LaRochelle, your Louis Frederick DeBears, right? Yeah. Uh, Alexis Giroux looks fantastic in that. Uh, I, I think it takes a lot to do that. And they're not going to make the playoffs this year, but I, I, I think he's an unsung hero. There's a lot of young talent, and I think they, they can make a storm next year with, yeah. that, with that young group. Yeah. I also should mention, you can listen to this on pod, the podcast. You, you can listen to this on Google Podcasts. Anywhere you find your podcasts. Where do you SJ find your podcasts? Noon, I have an app called Player FM. 
that I have on my phone. I also use Spotify, yeah. but you can get them at all those so places. So you can get so them anywhere. Get them anywhere. Anywhere you get good podcasts, good. check out the podcast. I go Spotify. Okay. I know you're a big Smartless fan. Big Smartless. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can be a Smartless and an SJ at noon fan because yeah. you can get them both at the same place. You could be smart and listen to ours, and then you could lose some of that smart by listening to the Smartless podcast. Perfect. You're gaining a lot of wisdom here. Yep. <laughs> all right. You're Nippowin Hawk. Uh, my Nippowin Hawk is Carson Dobson, puck hungry, great cycle, heavy on the puck. Captain uh, in U18 with Battlefords, too, great speed. And, um, you know, I think he should be an all star this year. He should be an all star moving forward. Um, so I'm a big, uh, big fan and big believer in Carson Dobson. And I think Tad Cozen has a great one, maybe a captain next year. I don't know. Absolutely. Carter Rickenheiser's one that I, I, I didn't make him as my, as my top one, but I had to throw his name out there as well. Another mm-hmm. uh, talented 2004 born player, yeah. but Bryden Keisman, he hasn't played a lot well, with the, with the Nippon Hawks. Yeah. I don't know if he's un- unsung, but he just hasn't played a lot, so he doesn't get noticed around the league. It's hard to call a Western Hockey League like experienced kid unsung. Though. Well, because he it's it's the Hawks who are out of the playoff picture, and he uh, hasn't yeah. played there for a while. But if he's he's a 2002 born, if he's back next yeah. year, he's the focal point of the offense. Well, you you watch the Nippon Hawks play once; he's playing all night, so he's not unsung to Dad Cozen. I tell you, he that is much. not. But I think that if you <laughs> are tuning into a Hawks game, it's it's a talented player that you got to keep your oh, eye yeah. on, and you're like, who's who's this guy? Right? Who's number sixty one? And, you know, he makes a lot of great plays out there. And I think that a lot of that roster doesn't get noticed because of where they are in the standings. So if he's back next year, you can have him circled as a focal point of opposition coaches for the offensive ability of the Nippon Hawks. Yeah, he was electric on Friday night against Notre Dame. I'll tell you that much. He was incredible. One-man show in some ways. Notre Dame Hounds? Uh, I'm going to go with Will Dawson. I didn't know how many people knew about him or not, but, uh, again, got a hat trick there against LaRange. Uh, gold number 11 up to the year now and you know talk to Kevin Anderson about him their line mates now and Anderson said that he's one of the hardest working kids he's ever seen period full stop so you know Will's a great teammate plays extremely hard great below the goal line uh, along the boards wins a lot of puck battles against bigger guys and he can skate too so lots of lots of potential I think he's going to be phenomenal next year especially people are going to know Will Dawson's name next year even more but right now it's Will Dawson for me for another mine's Trey Taylor because I think he's blocked 17,000 shots this year and that's the reason why that's a stat that goes unnoticed whole body is just blue from bruises yeah Yeah. he's the best shot blocker in the league in my opinion and shot blocking needs to get a shout out yeah so Trey Taylor thank you there you go thank you for that you're Wayburn Redwood big glue guy there in the room Um, I'm going to go with Austin Hansen, and I think he's a hard-nosed you know, physical kid, but when the Wayburn Red Wings just wrapped with injuries and they had a lot of injury problems this year, needed a D, a guy forward to play D, you know, Hanson put his hand up and did a good job with it. Lots of energy, gets a lot out of him without a ton of skill, gets some offense without a ton of skill. Um, so I like, uh, I'm going to go with Austin Hanson just because of the versatility and, and does it all. Again, you're going to, you're probably going to mock my pick because he's not unsung, but again, it's the Wayburn Red Wings out of the playoff picture and they don't get talked about enough, but he leads the team in points and he's only played 29 games. Kirk Mullen. Yeah. When you're watching the Wayburn Red Wings game, you, you pay attention to Kirk Mullen. He is one of the best players in the league. Yeah. I, he is so talented. Yeah. Uh, and he's only played 29 games, and he leads the team in points. And where did he play AAA? Moose Jaw, team. Moose Jaw Warriors. <laughs> I've been saying their name all year, right? We aren't talking about his talent enough. Final one, Yorkton Terriers. Uh, Yorkton Terriers, again, I don't know, again, how underrated he is, but Steve Norm does so many little things. 53% face-off, man, and, and he win, takes – a million million faceoffs for Yorkton. Yorkton actually is a pretty good faceoff team overall. Sure, but uh, Norum is is the best of them, and uh, he's definitely defense first. Not a not a point hungry guy, but he's got forty points on the year already. So I'm gonna go with Steve Norum just because you talk about the Keyshawn Gervais of the world a lot when you think about Yorkton, but. I'm going to go with Norm. And, uh, of course, we had the shout-out from the fans there of Tanner Sklarouk. I'm going a different defenseman because usually it's Tyson Jansen that gets a lot of the credit. Yeah. Parker Jasper oh. is my underrated player. He had a stretch from November 16th to January 27th where he got 23 points in 20 games mm. from a blue liner. Yeah. It was an absolute tear. If he's not already, the 2003-born defenseman is going to be a star in this league very soon. And where did he play U18, Ron? Was it Moose Was it the Moose Jaw? <laughs> <laughs> They're all over the SJ, Rory. I need a sponsorship for Moose Jaw U18. We didn't even talk about our unsung heroes roster, and somehow we went through all 12 teams picking a different player on every team. How about that? There you go. It shows about that there's players in this league that 
don't get talked about enough, and there's a lot of them. Yep. And that's why we're here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's why we're here. Among other things. Uh, you're now... CAA Road Report, as of course, thank you for your comments on the unsung heroes around the league. You can look, listen to this show anytime on demand, Spotify, on your podcast, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts, mm-hmm. right here on SJ at noon. But your Road Report, we went through the playoff kind of uh, breakdown right now. It's uncertain in different sectors, first and second, third to fifth, sixth and seventh, maybe eights up in that group as well. Kindersley still trying to creep in, but what are you looking forward to in the road report? Well, my eyes are firmly fixed on the Mel Hagelin Uniplex in LaRange. Melford is in LaRange on Wednesday. Melville tomorrow. Flynn Flon, yeah, Melville tomorrow. Flynn Flon is in there on Friday. So, you know, it's going to be spicy up in Larage uh, for battling for those that home ice spot, middle spot. Flin Flon, what incredible home ice advantage they could have. Larange, what home ice advantage they could have. If Larange can get some bodies back in there, that would be huge. And so that's where I'm looking. Nice. Uh, my attention's on Wednesday, not because I am biased, but because I'm watching Race Ramsey and his venture to try to break the all-time record Amazing. for wins in an SJHL season. He's at 39. He's tied right now, looking for win number 40. And he's going to try to do it at home. Last home game of the year for the Humboldt Broncos as well against the Kindersley Clippers. Yeah. What more can we say about Ray? Special, special season, been a privilege to watch him play this year. And, you know, obviously the Broncos want to make a lot of noise moving forward, so it's not over yet. Sorry, Tanner, for going over time, but there was a lot to cover this week on SJ at noon. And, of course, thanks to you, thanks to our sponsors, Sask Energy, Kids Sport, keep scoring home goals in the final remaining. For Jamie, another 5,000 miles under the books for him.